This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 13. Today we hear from a furniture refinishing duo, Danielle and Evan Potter, husband and wife team with Potter Rebarn. They discuss their piece that won Best MCM in the third annual International Zebra Golden Brush Awards. They also share some do's and don'ts for refinishing mid-century modern furniture. Christy with Chalk It Up LLC shares a great tip on how to fix those stubborn drawers that won't slide easily. We'll hear from our Spring Zebra Furniture Flip host, Jen Talley, as she gives our final update on the competition. We'll also hear updates from a few of the participants. Melissa with Ships Furniture Flip, Summer with Pinewood Charm, Nicole with Prairie Vintage Charm, and Amy with Weed Patch Studio. On the beginner's bucket, Maggie and Nate with Silo Design answers this week's question, how has selecting furniture to refinish changed for experienced refinishers? Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. It's a great deal of fun to see folks jump into a category of art that they are new to and, as they say, take the world by storm. Danielle and Evan with Potter Rebarn have done just that. Last year they won Best New Artist and this year they won Best MCM in our annual Zebra Gold Brush Awards. You will enjoy this insightful conversation with them as they share about the challenges and excitement of refinishing MCMs. It's been a while, you guys. Nice to have you back on Zebras Before and After. Hi, nice to be here, too. Thank you. Well, you two are on a winning streak as you won the GBAs <laughs> last year in the Best New Artist category. This year, it's Best MCM. And obviously, as winners of categories, both pieces are incredibly stunning. You know, I remember the piece you won for New Artist. It was this uh, pretty, I mean, it looked pretty large, MCM Hutch, painted in matte black. Am I correct? Yeah. And was that piece, I can't remember whether you guys said you sold it or you kept it. We did. We sold it. And actually, the piece that we won for this year is the first piece we've ever kept for ourselves that we've done. Well, I can see why. (laughs) 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 So So are you guys planning for the 2022 GBAs yet? (laughs) <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah it's it's a little early i guess but uh you, you guys will have plenty to choose from once you get to the end of the year i know that's part of the hardest part is like perusing through all your pieces and trying to figure out which pieces to enter in which categories i know i know this year we've gotten off to a little bit of a slow start evan's been super busy so he's taken a little step back from helping with um, our furniture refinishing. So we're not pushing out as many pieces as we normally do, but hopefully we'll have some really great ones by the end of the year that we can submit again. Come on, come on, Evan, don't cripple the business. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh man. So, so you guys are married and we're working together last year when we talked and you guys are still working together. It sounds like you're, you're really busy, Evan, but uh, that's great because, you know, I think we joked about it last year that, um, you know, you can be married, but to work together in a business, sometimes that's different, isn't it? The dynamics are a little bit different. It definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I made the joke last time that I can, at least I can argue and not worry about getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I made the joke that that was incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, you guys are great. Now, you guys moved uh, fairly recently. Did you stay in Connecticut? We did. We moved uh, to Trumbull, maybe five minutes from where we were living. But um, we renovated a farmhouse from 1879. So it was a huge undertaking. We didn't do the work ourselves, but 
we customized this house from top to bottom. Um, we bought it from a contractor that was planning to just flip it. And we bought it under the condition that we could come in and change everything. Yeah. So it kept us really busy the last six plus months. Wow. A farmhouse. That's, that's uh, so cool to see the transformation. Now, is it, is it, um, is it completed, completely done now? It is. I mean, we're still in the decorating phase, but, yeah. but all the rooms are done. It's livable. You know, everything's been on back order. So we had a, quite a bit of time that we were waiting for basic like appliances. Yeah. Um, but everything's in now. Thank goodness. And we're moving along. That's, it's nice, isn't it? To have that behind you. Yes. <laughs> now, so are you closer to New York City or same distance? We're probably about the same distance. We actually didn't even really move exits. We're just on the opposite side of, of the highway. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, so, that's nice. Yeah, we're not too far. In, yeah. a, in a cute area with a bit more property, there's a really awesome farmer's market that's right across the street from our house every week. It's just... It's like we didn't move very far, but it's a whole new world over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice that you're still close to the city. Uh, I was trying to remember, how far are you to the city? About an uh, hour and 45 minutes-ish. Okay. Not an hour and 45, 45 minutes to an hour. Okay, well, that's not too bad. Now, yeah, is that bad at all. Depends on traffic. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I guess it all depends on when, when you go into the city. <laughs> that's the hard part. Well, you know, everyone is talking about how prices of furniture have gone up. Is that is that the same for you guys? Um, we're actually still getting some really good finds. I picked up an awesome piece that's probably the most unique piece that we've ever found for free the other day. But prices in general, like online for not refinished pieces, yeah, they're crazy. Prices for everything are crazy right now. It's It's even expensive to eat. Yeah, it's yes. a challenge. It's a, very <laughs> yes. much of a challenge. I know. Um, so, so you haven't, when it comes to selling your pieces, have you, so you haven't really had to adjust them necessarily right now? I mean, some of our supplies have gone up in price, obviously, along with everything else. So that changes things a little bit. We, we use Benjamin Moore paint often. Mm -hmm. um, and the one that we really liked has been out of stock for the last six months. So um, we're really starting to experiment with different stuff, which I've been eager to do anyways. Um, but yeah, there's been a couple roadblocks that we've reached with supplies and costs, but it hasn't really impacted us significantly. Well, that's good. Well, you know, even though your winning piece from this year and last year were both MCMs, you, you really do a variety of furniture pieces from different eras, don't you? We do. I like yeah, that Switch it up a little bit, but I do think that the MCMs are probably my favorite. I don't know about you, Evan. <laughs> I just have fun listening to you. Do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so then you lean more heavily toward the MCM then. So you're probably always, you guys probably have your eyes always kind of looking for the next available MCM to purchase and refinish. Yeah, I think for me, they're probably the most fun to do. I love that style. I love like the sleekness and the clean lines, mm -hmm. um, kind of just my style in general. And they sell super quick too. So I think that adds to it. Yeah. they become quite popular now. So, you know, hearing you guys uh, talk about style uh, when you said you lean more toward the MCM and 
Evan, you know, you didn't really come alongside her with uh, a big hurrah. I mean, are you, would you, like, what, like, what's your favorite style? I mean, are you guys pretty close together when it comes to, like, style and taste and that sort of thing? Yeah, I would say that we're, we, we like the same things. Um, she's more or less doing the research, uh, saying, hey, check out this piece that I found online. What do you think? And I, I always give my opinion. We're usually always on the, on the same page. I try to stare away from things that look really, really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think that one's going to work. <laughs> no. <laughs> kind, of, kind of looking out for your back, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we, t- we tend to, to definitely tend to like the same thing. She's more of a risk taker than I am because um, everything looks great, but she has, she has a better way of uh, envisioning things as a completed project um, where I'll say, I'll see something and I'll say, uh, yeah, I, I guess that could be nice. And then, and then we do it and it's like, Oh wow, that came out really nice. <laughs> yeah. I was behind that from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that's funny. So so you're asking questions like, how much does this piece weigh and how big is it? That is a deterrent, you know? I mean, it really is. When you think about it, when you see something like that, and you're like, well, it sure is pretty, but man, I got to get it from there to here. And that's going to be difficult. Yeah. And I've taken many rides with our seats pushed all the way up to the window. Are you sure? I think that Danielle (laughs) knows the measurements of the back of my car. Yeah. uh, Off like the palm of her hand. Back of my hand. And there's been times where I've driven home with my shins against the dashboard. <laughs> and your nose pressed up against the window. I can, I can pretty much. He's lift, very tall. I can lift my knee if I wanted to. <laughs> you guys need to post some, some of those uh, hilarious pictures of, of this scene, not just the furniture in the back, but what you guys look like in the front. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think people would probably get more of a kick, to, kick out of the behind the scenes shenanigans we get ourselves into than the actual finished pieces yeah well that's the fun part of it just just never injure yourselves in the process yep i know today's friday the 13th so we said to ourselves it's pretty pretty good we're recording a podcast and not doing furniture right now (laughs) probably stay away from the power tools and use our voices (laughs) yeah Well, listening friends, we'll talk after the break about transforming MCMs with Danielle and Evan, and they'll share some do's and don'ts along with a few of their tips. But before we do that, we want to hear more about the piece that won them best mid-century in the GBAs. Why don't you guys tell us about this beautiful piece? It's unreal. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Thank you. So it is a, I think it was nine drawers. Yeah, nine drawers. I'm actually, we moved over to the room that it's in now, so I get to stare at it while we talk, which is great. It's a nine drawer Thomasville dresser. Um, We bought it actually um, to refinish for ourselves, but I kept it for probably six months in our workspace untouched, just deciding what I wanted to do with it. Because like I said, we were in the process of um, refinishing this new home that we've moved into. And I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do with it, but I knew I wanted it. <laughs> so I kept it for a while. And finally, when we started laying out our master bedroom, I just knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a big piece or it looks like a really large piece uh talking about big pieces and weight evan you weren't deterred <laughs> to get this. <laughs> this this is actually one of the heavier ones thankfully our movers brought it upstairs for us <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> so that, that that was a huge help 
Um, but it, it's actually funny because with this piece and the piece that we won with last year, these two pieces sat in our space the longest. Yeah. <laughs> really? So with, with us thinking about what we were going to want to do. They were just, they were literally, it's funny because this piece came out so well and it was more of our workshop bench. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like we put everything on it. We would, it, before we started, before we started touching it. Was it was a catch all. So, yeah, it was, it was like a great uh, workbench <laughs> before it became this, this really nice piece. Yeah. And now I'm sure it stays very clean. <laughs> it does. So, Tell tell us a little bit about, you know, you said you let it sit for a good while before you made the decision, before you decided what to do. How did you come up with, you know, this is one of those pieces when you see the after or the before, and then you see the after, it's like, it's, it's just, it just all makes sense, you know? Yeah. But how did you get to that point to where you chose to paint what you painted and leave natural what you left natural? So there were some imperfections on some of the wood. When we do our mid-century modern pieces, I always try to, to keep as much wood exposed as I possibly can because one of the things that I think draws me to these pieces the most is just that typically they they are gorgeous, various kinds of wood. And I always want to keep as much exposed as possible. But in this case, there was burl on the drawer fronts and it was pretty damaged. So I knew that that wasn't going to be the wood that I kept exposed. And I knew that those arches were like probably the biggest part of this dresser that drew me to it. So I feel like the dressers became what we decided to keep exposed because it highlighted the part that I loved most about it. Yeah, and then, but then you painted, it looks like, of course, I'm looking at a straight on shot, but it looks like you painted the top. Is the top completely painted? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's so funny design, isn't it? Because when you look at a piece like this and you see how it comes out, then you start looking, what, what would it look like had you not painted the top? I mean, I don't know what the condition of the wood was in, but it, it was just wouldn't have been as complete. I mean, right. it's just all the decisions that you made uh, are just spot on. You know, we sanded, Evan sanded yeah. that top down completely, and it was actually really gorgeous wood. I think the direction we went in once we decided that we were going to keep these arches wood, we just felt like... We actually went back and forth. Yeah, we did. Because for, <laughs> for, we were like, oh, should we sand the inside of the arches and paint the arches? So it would have been um, opposite of what you see as yeah. far as painted and what sanded. Um, but we noticed that there was more damage on the interior of the arches uh, like the than, the, than the arches themselves. So it made more sense to sand down, fix, and paint the inside of the arches. But this this piece definitely took a lot more time than than other pieces because there's yes, we have electric sanders, but everything's pretty flat, and there's yeah. so many curves and grooves on this piece. Yeah, a lot of that, that I even remember. Um, there's like these little lips at the bottom of each arch near the bottom of the drawers. I don't know if you can see in the picture. Uh -huh. I would have to tap sandpaper around a pencil <laughs> and, and sand the curve because that's the only way I could get in there. Yeah. And even when we were done, when before we really decided that we wanted to keep it, Daniel was like, well, how much do you think we sh could charge for this? And I was like, well, when I look at the hours I put in the blisters on my fingers, <laughs> 10,000. <laughs> I always wanted to keep it. But no, I'm we kept it. It's a really nice piece. Yeah. Now, when you guys are working on a piece like this and, you know, you see it coming together in an unbelievable way, meaning you recognize it's going to be a stunner, 
Are you like incredibly eager to get it staged, photographed, and posted? She definitely is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Evan, I want to post this before noon tomorrow. And I'm like, but I have fall. I don't care. She's like, move this over here, and this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> okay, you got. Yeah, very eager to get her pictures, but rightfully so because her pictures look great once they're staged. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it. You know, it, on the podcast, we're always talking about every facet of refinishing. And that certainly includes the staging and the photography, and you guys do it very, very well from beginning to end. So accolades uh, to you on that. You know, what's a uh, fun fact is all of those pictures are staged in our garage <laughs> because we deal with so many huge pieces. And, and like my muscles said, he doesn't like to carry <laughs> them everywhere. So we bought a rollout um, hardwood floor. And well, it's, we've- it's fake wood. Yeah, yeah, but it looks rolls like, right yeah. out, yep. and we put our furniture right against the wall. We we uh, take every picture in our garage, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, a lot of folks do that, and I think a lot of folks do that too because they get good lighting when they lift yeah. the garage doors up. Definitely. Oh yeah, is that trim molding? Is that something you just lay down once you t- you know, and then you pull all this stuff back up, or is that a, is that already in the garage? Well, we actually install for the, for our new house. We installed it when we moved in here. Our garage wasn't even sheetrocked, so. We insulated and uh, sheetrocked the whole garage and then put... The pictures of this taken in our old garage? Yeah, that was our old that house. That did have trim. Yeah, uh, we have trim now too. Yeah, so yes, we actually had trim that was... that was The bottom of the garage was trimmed, luckily for us. So yeah. it looks like it's inside. But the new house, we had to do it ourselves. So that was a big undertaking when we got here. Yeah, we built a corner of our garage because it was, it was just um, framed. So we, had, we put up our own sheetrock and put a, a nice molding around the bottom so that when, when we rolled out the floor, it looks like you were actually inside a house. And it felt good. It's a lot of fun when you look at staging and then you realize most of these beautiful staging uh, areas are in garages. And if you could turn the camera around, you would probably see boxes and cars right. and bikes <laughs> and everything else, you know. <laughs> you know, somebody commented on one of my videos once asking me, where where is your beautiful hardwood floor from? And I'm like, $30 at Home Depot. <laughs> Very soft. <laughs> How about that uh, painting that you use in the staging? Did you have to get that to go with the staging or do you already have it? Um, we had that one. Wow. That's like, just like uh, works perfect. Yeah, I know. We really lucked out. I mean, it, it was lucky because this piece I kind of did to our own personal style so we had for this particular piece a lot of things elements that went well with it but we've been collecting a lot of staging props and our styles change often at least mine does so i'm always redecorating rooms in the house and we never put anything to waste it goes into a big staging box that we have and we have a lot to choose from area rugs too are huge i'm obsessed with area rugs and i change ours out often we have two little dogs to thank for that, so I always have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose when it comes to uh, staging props, you can always sell those, too. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that uh, customers will ask, actually, for the, the accessories to go with the piece because they love so much about the way it looks. It's so complete. Yeah, we've had a couple ask for those, too, and we're always willing to part ways because, like I said, I change my mind so frequently, and I'm always looking for new stuff. And when you're using them to stage and and not for anything else, it's like, why not just swap them out so you can have some fresh items for the next picture? (laughs) Right, right. 
Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, Danielle and Evan are going to share their tips on refinishing MCMs. Hi, this is Jen from Vintage Sisters, and this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Zebra. Where do I begin to share our favorite things about Zebra paintbrushes? Let's start with our favorite brush, the square. Hands down, we don't do a project without one. We love this brush for getting into grooves, corners, and detailed edges. Zebra brushes come in a variety of shapes and sizes, and they're very affordable, so that price point is an added bonus. When you get the chance to try one out and see for yourself what a flawless finish they can help you achieve with your project, we're confident that you'll be hooked on them as well. We appreciate your kind words about our brushes, Jen. Thanks so much. We are back with Danielle and Evan, Best MCM Winners in the 2021 International Zebra Golden Brush Awards. First off, what is the deal with MCM furniture? Why, why do you guys think it's so popular? I remember a time when MCM stuff was like, no, I'll pass. That was from an era that, well, was okay then, but not the style now. But it is like such in demand now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think they're really versatile. You You can fit them with so many different styles outside of just like, you know, you can fit them in with a boho style or modern organic or grand millennial. Like you can refinish these pieces and, and have them fit in with a lot of different trends today. So, yeah, it, it's also, you know, MCM is, you know, when you look at uh, hardwood furniture, you know, like the piece that the two pieces, the hutch and this, uh, what would you call that? Is it more of a buffet or is it just a big dresser? It's a dresser. Actually, so many people had asked us, how do you open the drawers? And it's behind the arches is like a little indentation, which was another one of the difficult details I've been mentioned getting into. Um, but they're it's, it's a it's a nine your, drawer dresser. It's massive. Yeah, you can fit your fingers behind the arches. There's like a lip. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Picture. Well, you know, I look at these hardwood pieces, and I'm thinking, you know, there's they are so beautiful. Uh, and you know, why why didn't I like them when I said, you know, they're kind of out of style? But I think a lot of it has to do with what you guys are doing to these MCMs. I mean, it's not like you're taking them into like you're you're distorting the mcm style but something about the way you guys are working with these things you're really enhancing the style and they become so desirable it's just uh, it's it's a lot of fun to watch these transformations thank you so you know do you expect to pay more like when you get the mc like for folks that are looking at mcm you know refinishing mcm you know, it is challenging. I know at least even here in North Carolina, you know, if you go out on Facebook marketplace or if you see them at estate sales, typically you expect to, I mean, they are more expensive, you know, and I think that's a challenge for a lot of people because they feel like if they spend more money to refinish it, then you got all your materials, your pain and all the hard work that goes into it. Will they be able to reap and make a profit out of it? Um, is that pretty much the norm that you're going to pay a lot more for it up front? Yeah, I mean, I think I see both ends of the spectrum. I see a lot of MCMs um, locally that are priced super high that are just, we wouldn't bother to even refinish those because there would be, we'd have to sell them for like $10,000 when all said and done. But I also see the opposite end of the spectrum. And we get some, like the Hutch last year, I think we paid $25 for this dresser. We went a little bit higher than we normally would because we wanted to keep it for ourselves. So mm -hmm. we were willing to put the um, 
upfront cost into it. I think this one was $100. Um, we do get some really good pieces for fairly inexpensive for what they are, which is shocking. You know, it's not really... I think it's also our area, too. Like, we just... We have so many areas um, in close proximity, New York and Fairfield County, just a lot of cool trends around here and great style and just a lot to choose from. We've been really lucky. That's a a good point. And that's important to remember, you know, sort of look at your area and uh, and just put that into context, knowing that, uh, you know, you may be in an area where the MCMs aren't as prevalent or as available. So you're going to pay a little bit more for it. But uh, because they are in demand, I would think you'd be able to to come out on top financially. Well, why don't you guys share us uh, share with us some of your tips, uh, maybe do's and don'ts when refinishing MCMs? When you're actually deciding to undertake a project like this, to not rush. Uh, understand that it might take a couple of days, if not more than a week. I wouldn't expect to go out there and think that you're going to sand a piece like this down and get it painted in one day. It's just not going to happen. And also know that when you're sanding things, um, sometimes a, a, an electric machine isn't going to fit in there. So you'll actually do more damage than you're trying to do to get to your goal, and then you have to fix it. So just make sure that you take your time and don't rush anything because the end product will be much more worth it. Yeah, that's an excellent tip, and that's so important on the front end when you're evaluating a piece and trying to decide whether to purchase it and refinish it. So excellent, excellent information. For MCMs, there's a lot of purists that would probably beg to say, do not paint them at all. Um, you know, I think as furniture artists, you get a lot of people that, that might get offended. But I think that for MCMs, that's the piece that I've gotten the most, you know, backlash about painting. But I think if you, you can do it in a tasteful way and still main, maintain its original integrity. So I would just say, I stay away from things like, chippy finishes or distressing because I want to maintain that original like sleek finish. I also try to keep as much um, wood exposed as I possibly can in any of these cases because typically the wood is just so gorgeous on them to begin with. And I think that's one of the reasons people are like, don't cover that wood. And I feel the same way. Like I want to keep as much of it exposed as possible. Um, and I want to paint it in a tasteful way and, and just kind of try to maintain that very clean style, like straight lines and clean style. I think another big do for, for these pieces is you have the ability to introduce like textures and geometric patterns. And there's a lot of opportunity with these pieces that make them so fun. In another funny story, Kristen from Cloud Art by Kristen, her piece, she had so much texture in the piece that she was a finalist for in this category this year. And another fun fact is I actually approached Kristen to purchase that piece that she was a finalist for this year because I loved it so much. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, both artists that we um, were finalists with are two of my favorite artists, truly. Um, they're so, so talented, but you could even see from both of those pieces how much opportunity there is with mid-century modern. Kristen's piece had so much texture. It was gorgeous. Courtney's piece was also insane. I, I just, there's a lot of opportunity with these pieces. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Now, 
what would you recommend for refinishers that are maybe haven't done an MCM um, to, to go about the process of determining what to do? Because it is, because like you said, they're very sleek, they're very clean. You don't want to cover the wood up if, you know, if you can help it. Yeah. So I, I actually think that um, when I think of these pieces, there's a pretty specific color palette that I like to stick to. And while it's not written in stone, there's like a, many colors that I associate with this style and I try to stay within that family. So obviously blacks, whites, navies are always popular, um, but earth tones and even like fun, bright, saturated colors like orange and yellow. And I've never met a shade of green that I didn't like. So um, <laughs> green, I think that we usually stick to the basic colors in, in our, uh, in our work only because they sell quicker, but I would be ecstatic if a, a client ever approached me with wanting to do one of those brighter colors. I would love that. I always, I always try to figure out the best looking wood and, and what's in the best condition and see how I might be able to like work around that and highlight it. So I always want to keep something. I, I actually don't think there's a single MCM we've ever done that we've painted in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Well, you brought that up earlier, and I thought it was a really good point that when you were talking about the MCM that that uh, that won this year, that you painted those in the the flat part of the drawers inside the arcs or the arcs because there was damaged wood there, and I, I would imagine that's just a really good assessment, isn't it, to go through and say, okay, what's damaged, what's not. Uh, and then that's going to tell you really, for the most part, what part you're going to have to paint. And then you kind of go from there with it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Do you find that there's opportunity? This is a difficult question probably because it's, there's probably so many variances to it, but would you say that if you find a piece that's got some damaged wood, is there, are there ways to repair that wood and still not paint it? There, there are, I mean, with this particular piece and many of the MCMs that I see, it's a combination of different types of woods. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it stops me up sometimes is like the, the color variations. So yes, we can repair the wood and we've tried, um, and I think we've been successful on a few pieces repairing the wood in some spots and leaving it ex exposed, but I wouldn't call us restorers because I just feel like people that are able to restore the mid-century modern pieces back to their original finish are I have such an admiration for them and I I hope I could do it but I just have not even attempted it yet mm -hmm. um, and I think that's mostly because the pieces that we're coming across are those that are just you know not in great shape <laughs> they're typically headed to the landfill and we're saving them from that. And, and you said, uh, I mean, a really clear don't is, uh, to, at least in your book, not to distress, uh, the piece or, or use, um, chippy paint on it. Yeah. I mean, I would stay away from it. I don't think that it goes with the style of these like sleek pieces, very clean. And I think it's important to maintain that original, look it's almost like it uh, you know because in the in the uh, golden brush awards we have the clean and classic and uh it's almost like an extension of that isn't it except, <laughs> except it's just from a different era yes mm -hmm. yes definitely so your home you know you've got uh this piece in your what did you say in your bedroom yeah it's in our master bedroom it's actually right beneath a pretty large television that's mounted on our wall 
So you get to enjoy it every single day. That's uh, super. Yes. Now, do you have other MCM pieces in your home? We do. We um, did a bar cabinet that was like a campaign style bar cabinet, and that's in our dining room. So this dresser that we won the award for kicked off quite a few pieces that are in our new home. And like I said, this this dresser was the very first piece we've ever kept for ourselves that we refinished. But I think it's one of probably 20 now. You know, um, you guys might want to be prepared. You never know. There may be somebody out there who goes, you know, I really love this piece and I'm willing to pay $10,500 for it. You guys going to take that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that we have the ability to go out and get something else if that were ever to happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, there are some pretty incredible stories of uh, folks out there and they see a piece like this that's original um, you can't find it anywhere else, and they want it, and they have the funds to purchase it, then they will go after it. Uh, Yachty told a story that was uh, very similar to that at one point on our podcast, and uh, she was able to make quite a bit off of it. That's so you awesome. never know. Yeah, that is awesome. Yes, we're open to it. Make sure you don't chain it to the floor because you may want to part with it at some time. <laughs> Yeah. 10,000 or best offer. We yeah. did actually have a lot of <laughs> complimenting it too. And we had our um, contractor here on move in day and everybody was pretty amazed with this piece as it was being brought upstairs. So maybe we're open. <laughs> well, these tips and the do's and don'ts really, they've been so helpful. And I must say you both deserve the recognition for your finishing skills whether perusing through your IG feed or gazing at your two GBA wins, they definitely show that you all have really exceeded expectations in such a short amount of time. So bravo to you both. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, come back on the podcast again soon. We'd love to. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, you guys take care. Thank you so much. Today's refinishing tip comes from Christy with Chalk It Up LLC. Hey, Zebra and friends, it's Christy with Chalk It Up. I have a super easy, affordable tip for drawers that rub. Um, I refinish a lot of vintage furniture, and one of the number one issues that I deal with is drawers that don't open and close smoothly. And so about 10 years ago, um, I got a bar of soap, and I rubbed it on every single area that made contact, all over the runners, the edges of the drawer, wherever the drawer makes contact on your piece. And then I put the drawer back in, push it in, pull it out, push it in, pull it out, do that a few times. And it's just amazing how much um, that helps. Um, And as an added bonus, it smells good too. So I hope that that helps. I hope y'all have a great day. Thanks so much for having me, Zebra. Thank you, Christy. I love the idea of taking something from another area of use and giving it another purpose. And not to mention that you can't get much cheaper than a bar of soap. Of course, I guess that depends on what kind of soap you are using. Tomorrow is the day we have all been waiting for, May 19th, when all the hard work by so many of you comes to a close. That also means fun and inspiration to come as we check out the incredible ugly duckling transformations to beautiful swans. Zebra Furniture Flip host Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture is going to share a few last minute words of encouragement and some instructions for posting your swans. We'll also check in with a few of our participants as well to get some updates. 
Hey guys, it's Jen at Perfectly Imperfect. We are nearing the very end of the first phase of the Ugly Duckling competition, the Zebra Furniture Flip. I cannot wait to see the beautiful swans that emerge on May 19th. Don't forget, you need to post your before, your ugly duckling, and your after, your beautiful swan, on May 19th. In that post, you need to tag myself, Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, and Zebra Painting. Then you'll use our hashtag Zebra Furniture Flip. That's how we will know that you are in the competition. I can't wait to see all of your beautiful swans. I want to say congratulations to each and every one of you for just taking part in this competition. In my eyes, you've already won. I've loved seeing your process and your progress, and I just could not be more excited right now. So stay tuned, you guys. Beautiful swans are coming soon. Hi, this is Melissa with Ships Furniture Flips. I've entered the Zebra Furniture Flip Ugly Duckling Challenge. I have faced many challenges on this cedar armoire that I found on the curb. The hinges were completely broken off of parts of the front door, so I had to remove those. There was also chipping veneer on the sides, which I attempted to remove and I located water damage. So I removed the sides completely and have kind of had to rebuild this piece, which I haven't encountered yet. So this has really pushed me out of my comfort zone and I am hoping that my vision comes to life. Hi everyone, this is Summer from Pinewood Charm and for the first time I'll be entering an Ugly Duckling into the Zebra Furniture Flip Contest. I found myself a tall style dresser that is 100% uh, not my style. Uh, pretty newer in age, I believe it's from the 80s or maybe 90s. Has a lot of details going on and uh, some ugly hardware. So my challenge for myself is to bring it back to something that's in my style range. Um, I love to take newer pieces and give them some age, charm, and character. So can't wait to show it to you on Thursday. Hi everyone, Nicole here from Prairie Vintage Charm. My ugly duckling piece I chose was a vintage 1970s mid-mod china cabinet. I was able to get it finished up last week, but definitely not without some challenges. I wanted this piece to be modern and sophisticated. The top had to be removed along with these square wood decor pieces they had air nailed on the drawers. It took hours to hand pull each nail out leaving me with over 50 nail holes and gouges to fill. I'm so excited to enter my ugly duckling and I can't wait to see everyone else's. Have fun and good luck. Hello fellow furniture refinishers, this is Amy from Weed Patch Studio, here to give you an update on my ugly duckling entry. The piece I'm working on is certainly born ugly. It's a 1950s Bassett long dresser in that ugly shade of yellowish grayish beigeish that was so popular in the 1950s. My biggest challenge with this piece were the three center drawers. They each had a clover leaf indentation. It was about one inch deep and about eight inches wide. And I went through four different iterations to figure out how to fill this gap so this piece could be brought into the modern era. If you'd like to see the transformation, head over to my Instagram at weedpatch underscore studio. I'll see you there. 
Thanks, Jen and Flip participants. Remember the day after everyone posts, Jen will begin reviewing all of the before and after pieces and choosing three finalists. Make sure you tune in to next week's podcast as we will announce the three finalists. And then around noon Eastern Standard Time, we will have the three showcased on our EnjoyZebra.com site for you to vote for your favorite. Then on June 1st, here on the podcast, we will announce the winner. We also want to thank Jen for all of her hard work of promoting and encouraging the Zebra Furniture Flip. As well, we want to say thank you to our sponsors, Melage Paints, Mud Paint, Shacto Interiors Milk Paint, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting. Welcome to the Beginner's Bucket, a new segment this season that gives new refinishers an opportunity to ask questions from their more experienced refinishing friends. If you have a question that you would like answered, just send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com and we'll ask an experienced refinisher and play the answer here on the podcast. This week's question comes from Mary Beth with San Jose Furniture Flip and the question is, how has selecting furniture to refinish changed for experienced refinishers? Maggie and Nate with Silo Design answers her question. Great question, Mary Beth. This is Nate and Maggie from Silo Design. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that we look for in terms of styles, damage, anything else when, you know, picking up new furniture. Um, the biggest thing is that if it's going to be solid wood. Another big thing, if it is solid wood, there's generally veneer involved. Um, the quality of the veneer is a huge part in refinishing. Yeah. And when there's ring damage, smoke damage, any kind of damage on the veneer, it really sets us back when refinishing. And then we generally tend to fix that any way we can, work through it, and then paint over it. We like to work with raw wood, essentially. Yep. Yep. I think I I think when there's a bubble, for example, a water bubble of veneer, you can get away with it. You can cut it open, glue it, and kind of make it look flawless. But if there's something that is burned through the veneer, then it's very difficult to repair and or make to look new again. Um, Another thing we try to avoid really is sort of the old traditional pieces with sort of the the wooden, the the different wooden, I, I guess, like, like the decals yeah. and the, yeah. the extra little wood pieces. Yeah, you have those fancy decals on the side. And those, you know, you could take those off, but then you have to bondo them and you have to sand it down to make it to look smooth. And they're just kind of... A lot more work. Yeah, they're a pain. So I think at the end of the day, what we look for is something that's going to be solid wood. And if it does have veneer, is that veneer damaged? Does it have more or less, you know, not not a ton of different decals on it? And then we really try to avoid anything that is melanin or sort of, for lack of a better term, IKEA style. To like you laminate. laminate, like anything exactly. laminate. We are anti-laminate. Yep. You can't you sand can't that down. Redo that. You can't redo it. I mean, you can paint it, but you can't 
make it look new again. Right. I mean, like, uh, we aim towards a beautiful, gorgeous wood finish. And if that's not going to happen, yeah, it, it makes it hard. We're, we're both kind of nerds in that respect. We like the raw, beautiful wood finish. So I think, yeah, that's kind of what we look for in going and finding a piece. And, yeah. Yes, that helps you. Yeah. Thank you again, Mary Beth. Thanks, Maggie and Nate. Great insight. Well, we have some exciting news. As a reminder, each week we have three featured giveaways on our Instagram account, Zebra Painting. On Mondays, we feature the hashtag Zebra Furniture Art. This is where we highlight a great artistic close-up shot of a refinished piece. We give away a surprise zebra paintbrush and have your beautiful refinished shot placed in a frame and sent to you. Every day we feature one post under the hashtag Zebra Weekly Pick. And this is a piece of refinished furniture that stands out from the crowd for exceptional beauty. The following week on Wednesday, we highlight the artist who received the most likes and award them with a zebra paintbrush. And then on Friday, it's hashtag Zebra Drama. And this is where we feature dramatic before and after furniture makeovers. That selection also receives a zebra paintbrush. Well, the prizes have gotten even better. Fusion Mineral Paint is now joining us by awarding the winner from each one of these hashtags with a pint of paint. Make sure when you post your pieces, you use the appropriate hashtag so we can see your work and make our weekly selections. We look forward to continuing these great weekly contests and a huge thank you to Fusion Mineral Paint for joining in on the fun. During the month of April, we were singing the blues with the rain that comes, and it's only fitting that our theme for the Zebra Review for May is April Showers Bring May Flowers. You have tons of creative liberties with this theme from incorporating hand-painted flowers to stencils and transfers. You can showcase flowers on the outside and or in your drawers. Tag your flower pieces that were refinished from May 1st through May 31st, 2022 with the Zebra Review. Our five judges will be choosing three winners. Our judges are Jen of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture RES, Katie Cloud of Katie Cloud, Katie Scott of Salvage by K. Scott, Lauren Schwatina of Portland Rose Studio, and Sarah of Sitting Pretty Home Decor. Our sponsors this month include Fusion Mineral Paint, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Paint Brushes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebras Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode, along with information about today's guest, is also featured on enjoyzebra.com under the podcast tab at the bottom. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share them by sending your emails to me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and happy refinishing. <laughs>